Yeah, God is able. Amen. And Amen. He is in this place. The scripture tells us that, you know, when the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. And we want to expect great things from the Lord. You know, Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says this, that, you know, the Lord wants us to seek Him with all our hearts. You know, we will come to seek the Lord earnestly. And the Lord says, when you seek me with all your heart, I will hear from heaven and I will answer you. You know, this afternoon as we come as God's people, as our pastor just prayed, you know that we want to come earnestly. Not just half-hearted, but we want to seek you earnestly and say, God, we want to seek you with all our hearts. And the Lord says when we come and seek Him, we not only seek Him earnestly, but we want to seek Him expectantly. Amen. You know what? When we come to the presence of God, we must be expecting. What are you expecting today? Or you expect nothing. Because if you expect nothing, you get nothing. But if you expect, Lord, that I come to your presence, God, you're going to have an open heaven for us. And one, we want to seek the Lord exclusively, meaning He and He alone, no one else. Amen? Are you excited? Hallelujah. I am excited. I don't know about you, but... I'm excited, all right? This afternoon, um, the theme for Bethany Church for this month of February, if I understand, it is about the kingdom of God. What is about the kingdom? Jesus, throughout the scriptures, talks a lot about his kingdom. And if Jesus talks about it, I think it's important. And the kingdom of God involves each one of us. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21 and 22, this is my just an introduction to uh, my main message uh, for this afternoon. The Pharisees was asking Jesus and says, you know, tell us about your kingdom. And Jesus said to them, you know, to the Pharisees and says, you know what, the kingdom of God is not something visible. It's not what your eyes see. Jesus even said that, you know, people will tell you, The kingdom is here. The kingdom is there. But the Lord says in Luke 17, He says, the kingdom of God is within you. I think it is so powerful and so insightful. Because the kingdom of God, each one of us, as believers of God, carries His kingdom in our hearts. Amen. Isn't it exciting? And if there's a kingdom, there must be a king. There must be someone who is sovereign, who is in authority. This afternoon, how then can we be a kingdom people? We are on earth, but you know what? We are kingdom people, heavenly kingdom people. Before we can live that life, of assignment that God has for us as kingdom people, I think it's very important that we need to align to His kingdom. Amen. Where else can we learn to align our life to His kingdom? And that's my message this afternoon that I've entitled it calling A Place to Go. As I mentioned, you know, in this morning, these two morning services, I'm sure by the year 2019, you know, we have started, we already planned our calendar, isn't it right? Our calendars are all filled up. 
well, May, I think I'm going to have a break. Well, by September, I should be going where, you know, we plan all our calendars. We plan where we need to go. And quite often, as being the principal of the school, I always ask my student, where is one place you like to go? And so many times, my students will tell me and say, Dean, you know what? There's one place I want to go. I want to go to the place where Jesus walked. I want to go to the place where the Lord is. He says, Israel. Wow. How many of you have been to Israel? Put up your hand. Not many, but this is one place you may want to go. When I think about, you know, about Israel, what do you think of when I say Israel? What comes to your mind? Hmm, what do you think? Gabriel. Gabriel, right? Gabriel is my student in Tung So I call him. If you think of Israel, what would be one place that you think of? The war. War. W-A-R. <laughs> okay, the wall. All right. There are lots of walls. That's true. Wailing wall. Now, let me just show you a few slides uh, this afternoon. All right. When people think about Israel, it says you must go to Masada. All right. Masada, the, the, the fortress where King Herod built it, where he can run away. He can, you know, that's where it's like his resort. And it's also where he actually, you know, um, uh, fight against the enemies, all right? Masada. What else? We read about David throughout the scriptures in Psalms, isn't it right? Where David actually ran away. Uh, David was, was running away from King Saul. If you read the Psalms, there were many places that he wrote the Psalms actually in some of these places. Beautiful. Where else? Next one, En Gedi. This is another place we read in the Psalms again, you know, how David actually ran to En Gedi. If you think of Israel, you cannot, but you think of this place, the Dead Sea. The next slide, please. And it's how true. He says that if you, if you got drowned in the Dead Sea, means there's a miracle happened. And how true, isn't it right? The scriptures we see about the Dead Sea. When you think about all this, like me, I don't know what you, you know, my habit is that before I go to a place, I like to Google where I go. All right? And I was sharing with the morning congregation that last year was my first visit to Korea where I was going for a conference. And I was excited because everyone tells me about Korea. And um, not that I am a Korean, you know, drama fan. I don't watch Korean drama, all right? And uh, my husband always says I'm already very drama mama kind, you know. But I like to kind of like Google and say, okay, if it's Korea, where should I go? So I Googled 10, you know, um, must-visit place. Apart from visiting places, I would like to visit the place that you must eat. How many of you? Right, you must, right, you want to go to Malacca, you must go, you know, thing. you want to go to KL, wow, you must Google the 10 places to eat. And I do that all the time. And I discovered, wow, the best Korean chicken, the best Korean ginseng soup, the best, the best of everything. One of my friends jokingly says, hey, you know, um, Dean Chu, all right, and I always tell them, they call me Dean Chu. I says, it's easy to remember my name because I'm the only Chu, all of you are Gentiles. And he says, Dean Chu, you know, do you know what? I hear that a lot of people go to Korea for facelift. I says, in God, 
we all have faith lived. No need faith lived. How true, isn't it right? That the joy of the Lord will always be our strength. But dear friends, this afternoon, I'm not going to kind of like, you know, I'm not Chan Brothers or, you know, Dynasty Tours and all that. That's not what I'm talking about today. Depending on the interest of what you like, right? Different places that we go. But today, this afternoon, I want to bring you to a place that all of us must go. As believers, part of, of a spiritual journey in our life. And this afternoon, I'd like us to look at Exodus chapter 33, which is in the Old Testament, um, verse chapter 33, 7 to 14, where Moses would always go, often go there, and it's called the tent of meeting. I'm going to read the verse together. Um, it's all on the slides there. If you like, you can follow. If not, you can turn on to your, look at your Bible. If not, we're going to look together. Let me read uh, for us. It says here, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. It says here, Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Verse 8 says, And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Verse 9 says, As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come, would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses, with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud, Standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and they worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses in verse 11 face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp by his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Dear friends, for the next um, 45 minutes or so, we're going to look at this text and, and draw some observation and bring an application for us. You see, because the Word of God is for us. The entrance of thy Word gives light. Amen. Meaning that how then can you and I as believers, as children of God, as we listen to the Word, how can we then learn and walk in it? Amen. Alright, inasmuch as the words of the Lord has spoken. Now, as we look at this, the tent of meeting was repeated a few times. In fact, the tent of meeting, as we look at the scriptures, it is not the most beautiful sight. Not in a sense of its architecture or its design. But you know what? Yet it is one of the most vital, most important that the children of Israelites need to go to this part for their spiritual journey. I believed that this afternoon, this passage is significant for us because we all need to go to that place. Now, do not confuse yourself with the tabernacle which we read later about the tabernacle of Moses. We read in Exodus chapter 25 to 31, 
You know, dear friends, the tent of meeting was actually a precursor to the building of the tabernacle of Moses. God gave Moses the blueprint on how and, and to build the tabernacle, exact size, exact color, exact things to do. At Mount Sinai, when Moses went up, ascended to Mount Sinai, at the sixth ascent, that was where God gave Moses the blueprint. What is so special then? What is so special that God, you know, the Holy Spirit has to include this in this portion of scriptures? What can we learn about this tent of meeting? Now, let me bring up uh, the Hebrew word then. The Hebrew word for the tent of meeting which is on the slides here, it is called Ohel Moed. In Hebrew, the word Ohel Moed meaning it is the tent of appointed meeting place. Now, I like the word appointment because we plan, isn't it right? When I have an appointed time, I plan. You don't just suddenly pop up, am I right to say? Right? When I make an appointment with you, means I plan, I come with expectation, I prepare. Now, dear friends, God told Moses and says, you know what, I want you to build this place, to erect this place, a tent of meeting where I can meet with you. It's God's appointment with us. Wow, I love that. I don't know about you. If I have to meet someone that's important, I come with expectation, right? I prepare. I don't come casually. I come prepared. And this afternoon, I'd like to bring us through this passage and draw five observations that we can learn from this text and how we can apply it in our daily walk with God. Amen? Shall we start this journey? Right, let's look at the first point. The tent of meeting, number one, was a place of meeting with God outside the camp. We read this earlier in Exodus chapter 33, verse 7, it says, Moses used to. In this verse, dear friends, I want you to notice two key words, two very important words that kind of stands out. The first word is used to. The second word is outside the camp. But let me just share a little bit about used to. Now, what was it that Moses was used to? And in other words, what was something that Moses was in a habit of doing? Am I right? The scripture says, Moses was in the habit of of pitching the tent, used to pitch the tent outside the camp so that he can have a divine appointment with God. As I said earlier, the tent of meeting means O'El Moed, means an appointment, a place of appointment, a fixed time. You know, when we read this play, uh, the text here, it's not because Moses was like, you know, he loves camping in a desert, you know, he would, you know, just more kind of a hobby. It's not. It is a spiritual habit that Moses has developed, cultivated 
which we're going to see later, Moses was called a friend of God. Alright? We see this because Moses, in earlier chapters, uh, the scriptures that we read in the earlier chapter, tells us that Moses would spend time with God. He would ascend to, to Mount Sinai where, where he will hear of God, where God would give him instruction. If you study Exodus eight times, actually, that he spent with God up in Mount Sinai. You know, when I was reading this text, God, kind of the Holy Spirit, put a challenge in my heart. What about you and I? What are we used to doing as believers? Do you hear my, what I'm saying? What are we used to? What are we, do we have the habit? In fact, in Acts chapter 2, if you read the scriptures, it says, the apostles and the disciples were in the habit of getting together, right? Gathering together, breaking of bread, teaching the word and worship. The early church had the habit of doing and it says here that Moses used to habit. Even in a physical, we have habits, right? Do you have habits? We do, isn't it true? Morning habits, night habits, we all have habits that we kind of cultivate. But you know, as spiritual being, we need to cultivate spiritual habits in our life. Dear friends, you know, in these days that we are living in, God wants us to cultivate spiritual habits. As believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, are we in a habit of meeting with God? Are we in a habit of having divine appointment with the Lord? In fact, Jesus, even in Mark chapter 6, Jesus told the disciples and says, you know what, come away with me. Come away with me to a quiet place. Time alone. I pray, dear friends, that we begin to cultivate habits from the inside us. Because Jesus said, the kingdom of God is what? Within you. We need to cultivate our inner being so that we can do the kingdom that God has called us to do. You know, dear friends, I want to challenge us. Being, a, being a, a believer is not just coming to church, amen. It's no longer a duty, but it will be a devotion in our life. Coming to church is no longer a ritual, but it's an expression of the reality of our faith in Him. What are some habits? What are some habits that you can develop? There's a book that you may like to read. It's a very good book. It's a classic book by Richard Foster, which is called The Celebration of Discipline. I read them every, every year, twice a year, know, twice a year, because my students read it, so I read it with them. Not just reading it, but cultivating these habits of prayer and fasting, of worship, of silence and solitude, of meditating, and so on. Pick up that book. It's a classic book by Richard Foster. It will change your life. Amen. We need to align our, our, our heart 
to God's heart so that we can know God's assignment for us. The second word that we see in this verse, it says Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside. Why is there such an emphasis, emphasis of the word outside? Why don't they, the scripture says Moses used to pitch the tent? That's it. Why must the word outside be included? Why is it that the camp, that the tent of meeting is a distance away from the camp? Well, dear friends, if you, if you think carefully for practical consideration, right? The tent of meeting is for, for, for them to meet with God. Why don't they build it inside? Is it more convenient? Isn't it right? It's more visible. It's more accessible for the people to go. Think about it. Think why is it included? Why is it there must be a separation? Why must there be a separation? The tent of meeting was a place where God will meet with them. The tent of meeting was a holy place where God will meet with His people. And dear friends, we must understand that there is a separation. Amen? That holiness and sinfulness cannot go along. There is a separation. And holiness cannot dwell in the camp of sinfulness. So what happens in the camp in the children of Israel, there was sin. There was sin of rebellion. There was sin of disobedience. There was sin of unbelief. And in Exodus that we read in earlier chapters, how the children of Israel sinned against God. Isn't it right? When Moses went up to Mount Sinai for 40 days, and they, and they says, where is Moses? He's supposed to be a leader. He's not around. You know what? We need some, some, someone else. We need something else. And they kind of like, you know, built, got all the gold and everything and built the calf, the golden calf that was an idolatry. And that it was precisely God told them, do not worship any other gods. Holiness and sinfulness cannot be together. That's why in Exodus chapter 33 verse 3, God was angry. God was grieved in his heart. And God says this to the children of Israel. He says, I will not go up in your midst because you are an obstinate people. You are stubborn, lest I destroy you. You know, sometimes when we read the scriptures, you know, we kind of like detach ourselves from it, isn't it right? So much. We are like the children of Israel. We are obstinate. We are stubborn in our own ways. We tend to do things in our own ways. And holiness and sinfulness cannot be joined together. But dear friends, from the very beginning of creation, God's heart was always, always, always to have fellowship with His people. Amen. And God in His grace and His provision told Moses, you know what? 
I cannot be in that midst of sin. You pitched the tent outside that I can meet with you and his people. Jesus is the answer to that provision for us. We're going to look at, um, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12 and 13. It says here, And so Jesus also suffered outside, you notice the word outside, the city gate, to make the people holy through His own blood. Um, it's there. Sanctify or make us clean. Let us then go to Him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace He bore. Hallelujah. You know, there's a beautiful verse in Isaiah 34, verse 16. Could um, the, uh, our brother behind, could you uh, bring up this scripture? Maybe some of us, a lot of us don't see this scripture text. It says, when you open up the scroll and look and read it, all right? This is a beautiful verse, Isaiah 34, verse 16. It says, look, look in the scroll the Lord has, has read. None of these things shall be missing or shall fail. None of this will be missing. All right? He says, now, not none shall lack her mate. What does it mean? Have you seen this verse? This is a beautiful verse. All right? Let me read it from the NIV version. It says here, Look in the scroll of the Lord and read, None of these will be missing. Not one will lack her mate. You know, it's beautiful because when we see in the Old Testament how Moses had to go outside the gate, right? How does the New Testament link to that verse? And Hebrews 13 verse 12 say that Jesus had to die outside the gate, the city gate, so that the people, through His body, His own blood, that we, amen, can be redeemed and sanctified. Hallelujah. You know, you know, dear friends, this is good news for us. Amen. Because God's plan has always been that He wants to fellowship with His people. But because of our sin, it separates us from God. But we thank God this afternoon, you know, in our worship, because without redemption, there is no worship. Without the Lord's death on the cross of Calvary, amen, we cannot draw near to Him. The Bible says, because of Him, we can draw near to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it such a good news? I don't know about you. Are you excited? I am. We can go inside and worship the veil, within the veil. Hallelujah. The first thing, the provision, amen, of the grace of the provision of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, the second observation as we look at the text today is the tent of meeting is a place where anyone could inquire of the Lord. Anyone. Turn to your neighbour say, you. 
You, right? You, you and I, you, okay? Come on, friends, you're sitting among friends. Tell them, you, you are the one, anyone, anyone, all right? It says here, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go. You know what? If we need to ask of the Lord, where should we go? Where do we go? If I have something to ask of the Lord, where do we go? The Lord is giving us an open invitation. The tent of meeting is not just for Moses alone, but it was for everyone or anyone who wants to inquire, anyone who wants to seek of the Lord, anyone who will going to ask of the Lord, anyone who is a sick of the audience of who God is. You know, I do not know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited that I am a child of God. Amen. That I can have access to the Father. I can ask of Him. I don't have to go through someone else. Does it make sense? I don't have to ask someone and say, can you ask God for me? No, I can go straight to the Father. The Scripture says, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go. Alright, there is a place that we can seek God. It's an open invitation. The tent of meeting was not restricted for Moses alone. Well, I'm sure Moses, you know, being the leader, had wished that more people would go and inquire of the Lord. But if you look at the scriptures here, it tells us that it says that Moses would go, but the people would stand away, a distance away and watch. It's just like you're watching me now. Means what? I don't want to be involved. I don't want to make the effort. I don't want to, uh, you know, you Moses, you go and ask of the Lord. And I believe it grieved the heart of the Father. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 18 to, to 19, they says this, they said, they stayed at a distance. But God always says, come near to me. You see that? God's invitation is always, come near to me, right? But the children of Israel were always standing at a distance. They don't want to come near to God. They were afraid. In Exodus 20, verse 21, it's so sad if you read. They remained at a distance. Wow. As believers, as children of the living God, God wants to draw near to us. He wants to whisper to our hearts, inquiring of the Lord. Why did the children of Israel stay at a distance? Be fear. It says in Exodus 19, it says, when the Lord began to speak to them in thunder and in, in, in lightning, they says, oh Moses, you know what? We don't want to hear from God. We are scared. You're going to speak to God. You tell us what God tells you. And so often, in our journeys in our life, we are like the children of Israel. Isn't it true? But God says what? Come near to me. Come close to me. The children of Israel were just contented to watch Moses. You know, dear friends, every Sunday when you come and you worship the Lord as a body, as a congregation, can I challenge you? 
don't just stand and watch. But come with an expectant heart and say, Lord, I want to experience you. I want to experience you, Lord. I want to hear from you, God. Lord, I want to be able, you know, to, 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 to know you. Don't stand at a distance, dear friends. But come and experience him intimately. The greatest privilege as children of the living God, as believers, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 says, we all have that direct access to God our Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is made possible in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the Lord, by the blood of Christ. Wow. What a promise. What a promise that we all can claim. Amen. And Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me. Call unto God. Amen. Call unto God. And the Lord says, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, a lot of my students will come to me and say, they call me Dean, all right? Hey, Dean Gwetju. She said, Dean Chu, you know what? I come to Tungling, I want to know the plans of God. They will quote Jeremiah 29 verse 11. All of us know, all right? The Lord says, I plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans that will, will not harm you, right? Plans that will, will, will be good for you. They stop there. Look at verse 12. Pull up the verse, please. Verse 11 and 12. I want to challenge you to go further. Then, everybody say then. We all want to know the plans of God. But we don't want to take that step. Then. Then you will call upon me and you go and pray to me. Inquire of me and I will listen to you. Next verse. 13. And he says, the Lord says, and you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. Next verse. And I will be found by you. Hallelujah. Are you excited, dear friends? You want to know the plans of God. You know what? You need to make effort to seek the face of God. You need to inquire of the Lord. If you're taking notes, write down the three S's. It's not in the slides. As the Lord download to me, I give it to you. Seek the Lord exclusively. Seek the Lord earnestly. And seek the Lord expectantly. Amen? Inquire of the Lord. The tent of meeting, the O'El Moed, appointment place, was a place where you can exclusively seek the Lord. Amen? that you can earnestly seek God and you can expectantly receive from Him. Amen. Third observation. The tent of meeting was not only outside the camp. The tent of meeting was not only a place where anyone could inquire of the Lord. The third thing is the tent of meeting was a place of communion with God. We look at this verse in Exodus 33, verse 9 says, As Moses went into the tent, 
the pillar of cloud would come. You know, dear friends, in the Scriptures, the presence of God was always manifested in certain ways and it was manifest like a cloud, right? The presence of God. It says the presence of God, the pillar of cloud would come, stay down and at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And we read in verse 11, it says that, that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Amen. The Oel Moed, the tent of meeting, was a place where God would speak with Moses. Not to Moses, but with Moses. Means it was a two-way conversation. You see, the word communion, uh, dear friends, is very, a very interesting word. Let's pull up that, uh, that word again. A place of communion. If you break that word into two parts, the last part is union, right? The first part is commune or in fellowship. Because you cannot have communion with God without union. Yeah? Because you must be, like what the scripture says, that we all can have access to the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have only union with God through what Jesus has done. Because without that union, there can be no communion. Is it true? Now, if the union is broken, then there is no communion. You see, these two linked together. If you are in union with the Lord, then communion is a very natural um, journey. Right? Like a husband and wife. My husband and I, we, just, we, we are celebrating our 37th wedding anniversary very soon. Oh, you must look at me and think, oh, you know, I think you got married at 16. No, 36. A celebration coming to 37. You know, yes, my husband and I, we are in union. But if I do not have a communion with him, right, my union is broken. Or if I'm not in union with him, my communion is also broken. Dear friends, to be a people who knows the kingdom of God must be a people that are constantly in communion with the Father. You know, Moses would go up to, to, to Mount Sinai and he would spend 40 days, 40 nights interceding for the people, for the children of Israel. You know why? Because Moses was aligning himself to God's agenda. The theme is the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is not here or there, but the kingdom of God is within you. You know, my prayer for the year 2019 is God, Lord, take me higher. Draw me deeper. Lord, I don't want to be plateaued in my walk with you. Interesting, the word friend of God. The three qualities of friend. You know what? We don't just stand at the corner of Orchard Road and everyone that passes by, we say, hi, friend. Hello, friend. We don't, isn't it true? If you call everybody your friend, then they are not your friend. Because friendship takes time, 
Friendship needs time to build and friendship is a trust. Three qualities of friend. Number one, friend will speak with one another. Friend will speak with each other. Am I right to say? Friend don't just speak to you. We don't want that kind of friend, right? We want friend who can we speak with. Means when one is speaking, the other is listening. That is friendship. Number two. Friends are people who will always like to seek his presence. Means you long to spend time with the person. Am I right? The third quality to be a friend is that you want to stay in his presence. Three S. Speak, sought, or seek, or stay. You know, sometimes, you know, occasionally I would spend lunch with my friend. And we would sit at the coffee, you know, house for about three, four hours just talking. And the waitress would come and just kind of gently tap me on my shoulder and says, we are closing in five minutes. And we suddenly realised that we were there from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. We never look at our time. Oh, quick, quick, quick. Come on. Because you cherish the friendship and you cherish their time with you. The Bible says that God will speak with Moses just like a friend face to face. Do you know the scriptures? Not many people are called friends of God. Abraham is the other person. And we are called a friend of God. We are not only called sons of God. We are not only called to be his ship, but we are called a friend of God. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? And if God called me his friend, wow. We sing the hymn, What a friend we have in Jesus. No, we sing that song, right? We say, the Lord is our friend. Isn't it beautiful? It means I can talk to Him. And the Bible says, the tent of meeting was a place where anyone can, you know, a place where people can inquire. A tent of place was a place that people can have communion with God. We see in the scriptures in the book of Genesis, there was a time when Adam walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. Wow. Have you ever wondered what did the Lord spoke, Adam speak to, to God or God speak to Adam? You know what? God doesn't speak to Adam about theology. God doesn't need theology, right? God speaks to Adam about the things around him. Sometimes we go to God and we think that we must talk to God about theology. We don't need to. I'm beginning to learn in my life every day, every moment, and say, Lord, wow, Lord, this is just so beautiful. Lord, I just thank you. I loved you. Just talk to God. Amen. Don't talk to God about theology. He doesn't need it. There was a time when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and others who spoke with God, there was a time when Jesus would always spend time before the break of the day to talk to the Father. Those were the tent of meeting. 
What about you and I? Do we have the place that we can go? You know, my tent of meeting starts at 4 a.m. every morning. Not, not India time, Australian time, Singapore time. I wake up early. I'm an early bird. But you must be wondering what time I sleep to wake up at 4. I sleep at 8 as much as I can. And I cherish that moment with God to hear from the Father. Amen. I pray that you too will build that tent of meeting with God and of communion with Him and hear what God says to you. Can I have the slides, please? But you know what? We no longer have face-to-face encounter with God. What is robbing us? You know what is robbing us? This thing is robbing us. Face-to-face versus Facebook. I'm speaking to myself. I'm not speaking about you. The world, the devil has robbed us of our time alone with God. Isn't it true? And so often people, you know, the first thing they do in the morning, Facebook, right? Who is connecting? Not that it's bad. But we need to redeem the time for Him. Amen? Let me give you, let me just encourage you. You can't change yesterday. But you can change tomorrow by making the decision today. Resume. Start having quality time with God. Amen? Start having quality time. Cultivate the quality time with the Lord. Resume. Number two, restrict your handphone on the Facebook. Restrict it. Because these are the things that's going to rob your time with the Father. Let me just quickly bring up a verse in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. He says, the seeing eyes and the hearing ears, the Lord has made them both. The ears and the eyes is an audio-visual. The time that we're living in, the audio-visual is robbing us of the spiritual journey with God. Am I right to say? Think about it. Everyone on the streets, on the bus, on MRT, in a restaurant, uh, is handphone. The young people, you're plucked inside. Everything blocked. But you know what? We need God to redeem us so that we can hear from Him. I pray that this is the prayer. The prayer of David will be the prayer for each one of us in Psalm 37, 27 verse 4. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord. Jesus says, one thing I do. Paul says, one thing that I press forward, forgetting what is behind. What is that one thing for you? Amen? May we echo the prayer of David. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord. Psalms 27 verse 4. This is what I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Dear friends, I pray that God will realign us again, our spiritual journey, amen. The communion with God, with Him. Because God is sending the invitation to you. The fourth observation that we read from Exodus 33, the tent of meeting was a place of renewal and rest. You know what? We need spiritual restedness. I've been serving as a principal and the dean of the school for the last 16 years. And the Lord has been teaching me that I need to serve Him in a position of rest. Rest. Restedness is important. And I find there's no other place to have the sense of spiritual restedness only when I learn to align myself with God. Amen? And in this verse, it says, Lord, and, 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 and Moses' prayer was, Lord God, if you are pleased with me, God, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and will give you what? Rest. Dear friends, whether you are as a student, whether you are a homemaker, whether you are a businessman, you know what? The presence of God is important in our life. Amen. Three things that, that Moses asked of the Lord, and I pray that these three things will be our prayer. If you do not know how to pray, pray this prayer. Right? Echo this prayer of Moses. This is my prayer every day to the Lord. God, Lord, you have placed me in Tungling Bible School as the principal of the school. Lord, I need to know your heartbeat for the school. Not my own intelligence. Not my own uh, no, kind of like plans or strategy. Because every term, we have new batch of students. And every new batch of students... Their needs are different. What works last term doesn't work this term. Right? Our business is the same thing. Now, three things Moses asked of the Lord. Teach me to know you and to find favour. What are you asking of the Lord? What are you asking? What are you asking of the Lord today? Let's look at the slides. Moses says, God, Lord, I pray that you will teach me. You know, dear friends, when we are instructed or thought by the Word of God, Amen. The Word of God will renew our mind. You know why? Because... The Word of God will change our values. The Word of God will also shape our belief in Him. The Word of God will mold our character. Three things happen in our life. It starts with conviction. 
Your conviction will affect your character. Your character will affect your conduct. You got what I just said? The Word of God will form your conviction, huh? what you believed. Your conviction will always affect your character. Your character will affect your what? Conduct. You know, God, God is, is concerned about, you know, a lot of us, we want charisma. But you know what? Charisma will bring you there, but character will, put, will make you stay there. Charisma will bring you up there, but it is character that will keep you up there. Amen. Moses says, Lord, teach me, instruct me. Because belief will affect your behaviour. Now look at me. I'm just going to do very simple action. Conviction, character, conduct. Let me repeat. Conviction, character, conduct. Thinking, feel your action. You see, it's all connected. That's why Moses says, Lord, teach me. Instruct me through the Word of God. When we do that, our mind is transformed. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Paul says, And do not conform to the standards of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. The word transformation, from the Greek word, it is metamorphosis. Paul is saying, don't let the world squeeze you into its mould. Rather, let the Word of God transform you. Amen. This should be our prayer. Dear friends, there is no other way that we can renew our mind but through the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I pray that if we want to be kingdom people, kingdom-minded, kingdom-aligned, amen, kingdom assigned, we must know what God has for us in this book, this word of life. Jesus says in John 8.32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. Whom the Son has set free, you shall be free indeed. So Moses says, Lord, teach me. Number two, Moses says, Lord, that I may know your ways. Isn't it beautiful? The word knowing, it is not just a head knowledge. The word knowing, it is actually a, a deeper meaning. It's a deep relationship. Paul says that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. In Genesis, it says, Adam knew Eve. It's a deep relationship. When Moses says, God, Lord, let me know your ways. Can I pull up this verse from, um, from Psalm 103? All right, Psalm 103, it says here, you know, the, the song that we sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, right? Psalm 103, verse 1. But if you go down all the way in Psalm 103, uh, where the scriptures, where Psalm says, you know, remember, forget not his benefits, for the Lord has crowned us, has forgiven us. And then in verse 7, he says, He made known his ways, to Moses and the works 
to the children of Israel. In this version, the NKJV says, He made known His ways to Moses, His acts. NIV, NASB says, His works. Dear friends, there is a lot of difference between ways and works. It's not enough just to know His works. How many of us know that many times God's works, right? Ways that we can never understand. But God's ways is unchanging. His character, He never changed. Amen. He's a faithful God. May God take us deeper. Amen. To know His way, to know His character. And then Moses says this, he said, Lord, if you're pleased with me, teach me. Let me know your way. And God, Lord, that I may continue. I like that. Means, Lord, let me walk to find favour with you. This should be our prayer. This is my prayer every morning. God, I want to find favour with you and with men. And Luke, you know, he said, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and with favour with God and with what? Men. Throughout the scriptures, we see men and women of God who had found favour. Ruth had favour with Boaz. Joseph had Pharaoh had favour in the Pharaoh's court. Daniel had favour, isn't it right, when he was serving in the palace. Nehemiah had favour with the king. It's throughout the scriptures, we see. You know what, dear friends, when we have the favour of God, God will accelerate us to the assignment in His kingdom. And I told the Lord, and I said, God, Lord, um, my husband and I, we are 63 this year. 63, yeah? Not born 1963, means 63. And I said, Lord, I don't have many more 10 years to go. It's true. If 23, I can say I got a lot more 10 years. When my husband and I turned 60, we kind of seriously sat down and said, Lord, what do we want to do with our life? A lot of people tell me and say, Drew, slow down. Slow down. I say, no, I got no time to slow down. I want to accelerate. I'm travelling even more to the mission field. In fact, I was telling the group this morning, in April, I'm going to Wales to teach in a Bible college. After that, I'm off to Central Asia for two weeks back to back. Coming back, I'm going to the US, you know. And I say, God, I want to find favour with you. Amen. You know, dear friends, I'm speaking for myself. I don't have many more 10 years to go. But God, I want to pray that you will grant me favour, that the assignment that you have given me will accelerate. Hallelujah. The assignment, God, you have given me for your kingdom will just speed up. And I've learned in the, in the kingdom of God, when you slow down in His presence, God will speed up His assignment. The world value is different, right? Speed up, speed up. But you know, when you, when you speed up without knowing what God is telling you to do, you will go around in circle. But when you slow down 
in a tent of meeting to inquire of God, to spend time with Him and you hear from Him, He will accelerate. And dear friends, I'm standing here as a testimony of God's faithfulness. I was supposed to serve in the Bible school for three months and I told the board members, three months. But today, I'm telling you, I'm 16 years in a Bible school. And I've seen the favour of God accelerating. Let it be your prayer. Let it be your prayer, whether you're a student, whether you're a businessman, you're a homemaker, pray for the favour of God to be upon you. Amen. In your life, and you accelerate God's assignment for you. And the Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That's the most important. Rest. Restedness. Rest is not found in a place. Rest is not found in a program. Rest is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And how true. Sometimes people are overworked and they say, I think I need to go to Bali for a rest. After a week, they come back more tired, more chapet, you know. Ah, must go for a retreat again. Because they found rest in the wrong place. Because rest can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. You know what? I'm sure all of you are English educated here, right? Don't look for His presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. But look for His presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Amen. His presence will envelop you. His presence, His El Shaddai presence will abide with you. When His presence go, you will find rest. Lastly, right? Last one, last observation. The tent of meeting, the Oel Moed, was a place of lingering presence. We read this in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, the second portion. It says, Moses would return to his camp, but, I like the word but, huh? but his young aide or ex assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I think it's so interesting. Why? Because Joshua must have, must have witnessed the glow in Moses' face. When, when Moses would have met the Lord, right? Joshua wanted the same thing. Amen. Joshua wanted to experience. He stayed behind. Someone says, we are Singaporeans, but actually we are called Russians. You know why? We Russian there. That's why we are called Russians. And we come to church, we are also rushing. It's true, right? Even when we go to church, ayo, fast la, ayo, ayo, how come sister? 3.15 now. You know, and, and we are always rushing. Isn't it true? Even in, in the presence of God, God quickly, I got to go to work. How come you never speak? Okay, amen. And God says, I'm going to speak to you, but you amen ready, you know. We read the scriptures, right? Huh, God, how come you never speak? Sister Ju say you speak, you never speak. Ayah, okay lah, tomorrow lah. 
We are rushing. We are not lingering. We are not enjoying His presence. Dear friends, I want to challenge you. Take time and spend time with the Lord. Wait in His presence. The psalmist says, wait in Him. The word word wait can also hope in the Lord. Let me end with Isaiah 40, 31. He says, They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can I have just one minute, please? Is it okay? Can I have your permission? One minute. The word wait is not like that. Okay? means I wait for you. So long, so long, you know, so you're like, wait. No. The scripture wait in Hebrew means this. They that wait means you, you bind yourself together with God. They that wait. God will renew your strength. We are living in a time, dear friends, the kingdom, heaven on earth. Amen. And Jesus says, greater works shall you see, shall you do in my name because I'm with the Father. And I pray and I believed to be a church, Bethany church, to be a kingdom people aligned to His kingdom, we must go to that place. Amen. Not a choice, but we choose to go where we can hear the heartbeat of God for His kingdom. Amen. May Jesus be the centre of all that we do, that we endeavour to do. Shall we rise? Worship team, can you please come? Amen. We're going to close the service with a song. I believe the worship leader will lead us. You know, and um, I just want to end the service. What is the Holy Spirit saying to us? All of us listen to the word and God speak to us. God doesn't speak to us in riddles. He speaks to us in revelation. What is God saying to us today? Is God putting a finger in in some areas in our life where we say, God, I surrender it to you. Amen. Lord, I want you to be the centre of our life, centre of my family, centre of my business. Amen. Centre of of my relationship. Start with that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, center of it all Jesus at the center of it all from beginning to the end it will always be it's always been you Jesus Amen, let's sing it as a commitment to the Lord Jesus Jesus be Amen. Jesus be. Jesus be. 
You know, dear friends, even as we listen to the Word of God today, God will always say to us, my child, I want your heart. Because the kingdom of God is within you. I pray that the Lord will not just be the resident of our life, but He will be the sovereign King. You know, as we sing this song, just last time, wherever you are standing, as an expression of our walk with God today, may you make the decision and say, Lord, today I decide I choose, oh God, to allow you and say, Father, I surrender it all to you. And if you are that person, I want you to just lift up your hands to God and say, Father, I want you to be the center of it all. Could it be in my business? Could it be my studies? Could it be my job, my occupation? Whatever it is. And say, Lord, I want your kingdom to invade into this area. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, be the center. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, be the center of my life. Father, this afternoon as we come to you, we bow our hearts to you. We confess to you, Lord, that so many times how we lived our life, oh God, Lord, all alone. And but Father, this afternoon we come to you, we say, God, Lord, we want to make the decision today that we want to choose life. We want to say today that God, Lord, we want you to be the centre of it all. We want to realign, Lord, our life to You. And Father God, that truly we may run the race that You have marked out for us. May we come back to the place, O oh God, that You have set us apart, to the place of the tent of meeting, to a place, O oh God, where, Lord, that our lives are transformed, our lives are changed. And our lives, oh God, are renewed. I pray for our brothers and sisters here this afternoon. Every hand that's lifted up to you. I pray, God, Lord, you take it, Father, for your glory. And use it for your glory, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people say, Amen. Thank you. God bless you.